several miles off the main highway, tucked away in a secluded canyon on prime vineyard property, stands a rustic barn that was built many decades before the vines around it were planted. In that barn, a sophisticated broadcast and recording studio has been built. The barn also has a well-hidden root cellar stocked with many of the world's most exceptional wines, only to be shared with guests who secretly come to offer their insights and tell their stories. Guests are sworn to secrecy and are shuttled to the studio aboard a John Deere tractor. Those who cannot make the journey in person are interviewed by satellite hookup, and sometimes the crew simply sneaks away with microphones in hand and interviews guests in barrel rooms, wine cellars, and other magical places. All of this is done like clockwork every single week so that we can bring you another episode of Grape Encounters Radio. Peel me a grape Crush me some ice Skin me a peach Save the fuzz for my pillow And it is time for your weekly Grape Encounter And I couldn't be any happier than I am today Actually, this entire week Because we are roaming all over Bordeaux And having just an absolutely marvelous time Getting a better understanding of the wines of Bordeaux And Probably more importantly, the winemakers of Bordeaux, because what you may think about Bordeaux is probably not what Bordeaux really is. That's going to be true for most Americans or anybody else really listening to this show. We have a very big misconception of Bordeaux that there are Rolls Royces running around everywhere and only the rich buy the wines and drink the wines. And perhaps the wines are way too expensive for the average person to enjoy. Well, that is absolutely not the truth, and that's been my mission this entire week. And I have with me now somebody who has just given us a tremendously joyful experience at his property, which is both a chateau by the name of Chateau La France and also a bed and breakfast that is absolutely worth flying across the world to stay at because it's just so comfortable and welcoming. And I'm going to welcome now Bruno Motay, who's the executive director here. Exactly. Thank you, David. Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to France and welcome to Chateau La France. I'm very, very happy to welcome you here in Chateau La France, David. And hopefully we will uh, talk about our wines and uh, our estates. Oh, you bet we're going to talk about the wines. Well, first of all, thank you for the, the warm welcome that we got yesterday. It was really wonderful. And even though we've visited a lot of really beautiful places, places with great hospitality, I just felt so at home here. Like, I really didn't want to leave because it's just so comfortable. And the idea of having the bed and breakfast or hotel as part of the chateau and the winery is just tremendous. You did a wonderful job. Let's talk first about how this all came to be because it's very old, but it's also very new. Can you explain how your family came to acquire this property, to buy this property and turn it into what it is today? Yes, I, I can do that. Uh, in fact, I, I, I'm not an enologist or winemaker. I am a passionate. Firstly, I was uh, captain in the French uh, Merchant Marine 
I used to travel on board oil tankers. <laughs> that just seems so amazing. In fact, we always laugh that so many winemakers came from different professions. They caught the winemaking bug and decided to become winemakers. But I don't think I've ever spoken to any winemaker who was a ship captain. Okay, <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I, I'm I am from Bordeaux anyway. My my parents, my grandparents, my two grandfather had the. Uh, small uh, plots in the Entre-de-Mer area and uh, I used to, to go there for the uh, harvest when I was a kid and uh, we and my family were always passionate by, by, uh, by the vineyards and by wine. Tell me what it was like to be a small kid growing up in Bordeaux. Uh, when did you first realize that you had a love for the grapes? Uh, when I first uh, drink wine, maybe. And it, uh, well, wait a I second. Was, so, so, how old were you then? I don't know, maybe five, six years old. <laughs> yeah. But my mother and my my father also. But my mother is really passionate of wine, and I, I remember having tasting with my mother great wines from Bordeaux, but also small chateaus, and I have a lot of pleasure with this wine and I, I still remember this tasting. So what made you decide to get into the Merchant Marines instead of maybe staying here and doing what so many people in Bordeaux do? My family, my, my grandfather and my father then, uh, we are a ship owner uh, family. We are not Greek, we are from Bordeaux. Okay. But, uh, but we always wanted to, to, to get and to, to have our own estates. And uh, today we have two, in fact. We have Chateau La France and we also own Chateau de Seguin. It's uh, 10 kilometers from here. Is it as large as the Chateau or similar? Yes, it's even even uh, bigger, bigger. Oh, it's even bigger. Yes, yes. Yeah, we produce nearly one million bottles in total. One million bottles. Yes, we have about two hundred hectares of vineyard. Oh, wow! So it's it's uh, like a, a big garden to take care every day. You know, I've never heard anybody refer to it that way, but yeah, it's like a big garden that you take care of. Uh, exactly. We have to be in the vineyard every every day, and uh, yes, it's uh, yes, it's a garden. We we know all the the vine plants and uh, you know we have 200 hectares of vineyard and with a density of 500 uh, vine plants so 5000 sorry 200 hectares in the US we speak in acres yes it's what about two and a half acres per hectare is that he, right here uh, 90 hectares is uh, 220 acres 220 acres 90 so, hectares so you you have about five, 500 acres yeah. yeah that's a lot of land yes it is i've been very impressed as we've gone around and visited the other winemakers at how beautifully manicured how well taken care of the vines are you know your comment about it being almost like a garden exactly yes. is, is really true and it just seems even in the fall when you expect the grapes to, you know, the vines to not look as pretty as, as they normally do. The grass is growing between the rows, and it's just absolutely breathtaking. This is a good time to come, right? Uh, yes, this is a good time. You know, all the seasons are good to come and to visit our vineyards. Yeah, we have pleasure every day in, in the vineyards in Bordeaux. So we're sitting out on uh, the patio just outside the area where you have the breakfast. And looking this direction that I'm pointing, that radio uh, listeners absolutely have no idea what I'm talking about. But what direction <laughs> is that? Uh, this direction is south. So I'm looking south, and it looks like the altitude drops 
a lot that we're up on a rise here. Is mm-hmm. that correct? It is correct. We are located between uh, Bordeaux and Saint-Emilion, and there are a lot of hills, and uh, yes, uh, altitude can, can uh, vary. Uh, yeah, can vary. Okay, so in a minute we'll talk about the grapes and, and the wines that you make. I want to just go back to uh, your getting into the wine business. Is the family still in the shipping business? Not really, no. Not really? No, no. Were you uh, moving containers or fuel or... What, what kinds of things were you doing? Yes, fuel. Uh, 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 yeah, we were um, in the um, oil tankers uh, business. Now, that certainly is a romantic business in a lot of ways, <laughs> but, but not as romantic as the wine business, right? Exactly, exactly. But, but we were very cautious about the nature, even at, at sea. And we do it now uh, in our vineyards. I think that was a very interesting thing that you talked about yesterday, because if there was one thing that you emphasized that you talked about the most was the importance of being in harmony with nature. And, you know, people sometimes think about shipping and oil tankers and they get a little... A little shaky, you know, because, I mean, it's necessary, but there have been people who have made terrible mistakes at the same time. So it's very interesting that that was a conscientiousness that you brought into the winemaking business. That's very noble. Yes, yes. And I, I have no shame to, to say that uh, we were in the oil tankers. Oh, no, of course not. Because of course be, not. No, because all those people are very interested in preserving the seas and the nature. And we do the same here now in, the, in our vineyards, really. And we just received a very um, high-value certificate from the French uh, government, which uh, difficult to translate the name, but environmental high value property certificate. So it's a certificate that signifies that you care about the environment, that the environment is important to you. Exactly. We do every day a lot of things for the environment. Yes. Okay, okay let's take a break for just a second. Yes. We're talking to Bruno Motet. He is the director at Chateau La France. We have to talk about the giant, well, I'll call it a chicken. But uh, you'll call it something else in just a moment. We are in Bordeaux, France, having an absolutely wonderful time. And as I said, we're at Chateau La France, and we're going to return in just a second. So stay with us. At Grape Encounters, we're all about sharing. That's why it would be a crying shame if you didn't join our Facebook group page. Just search for Grape Encounters Radio on Facebook. It's where we're constantly sharing the latest wine news and information while you're waiting for your next episode of Grape Encounters. David will be right back as soon as he's through unfriending anyone who doesn't love wine. Oh, I guess it's going to be a very short break. It's David Wilson, and if you're a frequent listener, you know that I constantly tell you the importance of aerating most wines. If you don't, you're simply not tasting your wine in all of its glory. Well, there's a remarkable new wine aeration product out that's beautiful, mesmerizing, and destined to revolutionize conventional decanting. It's the V-Spin, a gorgeous decanter that sits on a simple stand. But inside that stand is some very innovative magnetic technology, which enables the wine in the decanter to swirl silently, creating a vortex that exposes the wine to the perfect amount of air in just a few minutes, accomplishing what otherwise could take hours. 
and you can adjust the speed and time to perfectly suit the wine varietal. I've put the V-Spin through rigorous testing, and the results were consistently stunning. And you can now buy it on Amazon. Learn more at vspin.us. That's V as in vino, spin.us. I want to tell you about one of my absolute favorite treats in the world. I take a piece of triple cream brie cheese, put a few very special 100% organic heirloom walnuts on top, and then drizzle a little honey on it to make this a purely irresistible morsel of deliciousness. Then I pour myself a small serving of decadent port-style wine to create the perfect complement. That's just one example of how I pamper myself with products from MM Organics in Paso Robles, California. Now, you're on your own with the honey and brie, but the walnuts and port-style dessert wine can be ordered online at mmorganics.com. They've also got lots of other delicious walnut products available, including their peerless sprouted walnuts and lots of decadent flavors, organic gluten-free walnut flour, raw organic walnut butter, estate organic walnut oil, and fair trade dark chocolate covered walnuts. MM Organics products are among the best in the world. Get yours shipped right away at mmorganics.com. Every bottle of wine contains much more than fermented grape juice. It's really a time machine that can take you places you've never been before. At Grape Encounters Radio, we'll show you how it works. Listen carefully, and you'll be driving it in no time. There are days like this where I really and truly love my job more than anything in the world, and I'm in a place that is about as beautiful as any place in the world. There are so many reasons to come here. We're in Bordeaux, France, and I'm sitting with Bruno Motet, he is the director of Chateau La France. We stayed the night here. Oh my gosh, what a wonderful, wonderful time. And now I have the opportunity to sit down with Bruno for a few more minutes. And we're going to go further down the road in just a little bit. But if you're driving down the road near Chateau La France, you cannot miss it because the largest, well, we call them chickens, the largest chicken, I believe this one is a cock, a male chicken, is standing at the front of the chateau. Bruno, how, how big is that chicken? And, well, and what do we call it? It's not chicken in No, it's a, it's a rooster. I, I would call it a rooster. A rooster? Uh, okay, yeah, okay, rooster. A rooster or cock. Yes, yeah, so this rooster, we had the, this idea of a rooster because of uh, the name of our estate, Chateau La France. The emblem of uh, La France, our country, is a rooster. So the emblem of Chateau La France is also a rooster. And let's talk about what it is, because it's made out of, it must be stainless steel, is that right? It is stainless steel. Uh, stainless steel, it's uh, 14, uh, one, four meters uh, age, and it was built by a person called Solter. So it's about 45 feet tall. Yes, it is, yes. About 45 feet tall. <laughs> yes. You should see this. And when we got here yesterday afternoon, the sun was beginning to set. And when the sun sets and the, the clouds are so beautiful, the little bit of clouds cast these incredible colors onto this rooster. And it's the most breathtaking thing you can possibly imagine. It's a very fitting tribute to a very beautiful chateau. Thank you, thank you. Tell and I had to feed it uh, this morning. Huh? You had to feed it? Yes. <laughs> what, what is it? 
to, is... to hydrate the kettles of cold. I thought maybe it eats old Renaults or something like that, being made out of steel. Talk a little bit about the age of the chateau. And I just want to point out the fact that so many of these old chateaus have been really brought back to life. They've been given new life because many of the old buildings are not in perfect condition. Mm -hmm. But you've turned this into just an absolutely breathtaking estate. You had to do a lot of work here, did you not? Yes, we did. And the, about the chateau, it was built in uh, 1830 and it is used now as a holiday cottage. Holiday we, cottage. Yeah, we host up to 14 people. Wow. It's a large, a very large building. It is. We have six rooms in it. And uh, yes, we can accommodate up to 14. One of the things I think that confuses a lot of Americans who aren't familiar with the French way of winemaking and the culture is the chateau basically means home or house, correct? Exactly. Chateau means castle. Yeah. Yet here, it also estates. means winery here. Yes, estates or winery. winery. How do you separate a chateau that is just a chateau where there is no wine from one where there is wine? I understand this is difficult. And a lot of wineries do not have chateau, but we have the chance of having a chateau on the estate. So that means truly that there is a home on the estate or a castle on the estate where the wine is made. Yes. For us, yes. Yes. All right, let's talk about the wines now at Chateau Thanks. La France. And again, we're talking to Bruno Motet. He is the director here at Chateau La France. Okay, so let's talk about the wines that you make here. How many different varietals? Well, we have four varietals for the reds, mainly Merlot. Merlot is the varietal we can find here between Bordeaux and Saint-Emilion. And uh, we have also Cabernet Franc, Cabernet Sauvignon. Sauvignon and Malbec. So you've just named four of my absolute favorite wines, favorite varietals. varietals yeah. And Merlot and Cabernet Franc mm -hmm. are my two favorite, for sure. So this is a good reason for me to be adopted by your family, <laughs> and I could live here, and we could be like brothers. Yeah, no problem. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, bro. Absolutely. I'll be out there, and uh, you know, I'll take care of the vines, the garden. <laughs> yes, Merlot is, is such a beautiful varietal, and it's very, very popular in France. But in America, you and I were talking earlier before we went on the radio about how Merlot had become so unpopular in America for stupid reasons. Mm -hmm. And I think I've enjoyed drinking the Merlot here more than almost anything else. It's such a gorgeous varietal. Talk for a minute about the Bordeaux family of wines, especially as they relate to Chateau La France. You know, when you ask somebody if they'd like a glass of Bordeaux, they often don't realize, you know, if, if they're not really familiar with wine, that we're talking about a family that includes Cabernet Sauvignon and Merlot and Cabernet Franc and the, the other varietals that you mentioned. How do you feel about Bordeaux wines versus other varietals and other families of wines in the world? Well, Bordeaux wines are mostly blended wines. Right. Huh? With these four main varietals, which are Merlot, Cabernet Franc, Cabernet Sauvignon, and sometimes Malbec or Petit Verdot also. In Saint-Emilion area, where we are located, the main varietal is Merlot. And we talk about what we say here in Bordeaux, women wines. Because, women wines? Yes, because Merlot is usually loved by women and a more supple wine than uh, Medoc, Medoc wine. My masculinity just fell. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I love Merlot also though. But Merlot, let's problem. make no mistake Merlot can be a huge and powerful wine With a lot of muscle Yes, but it's also supple 
Mm? Yes, soft. Soft, yes. Because Medoc wines are mainly with, made with Cabernet. And Cabernet can be a bit more tannic wines. Right. Mm-hmm. Let's take just a few minutes. We only have a few more minutes left. Yes. Let's talk about the wines that you make here. You make three, actually. I make three wines in our range uh, with a white wine hmm, called Chateau La France White. And what is that going to consist of? This consists of three varietals, 50% Sémillon, let's say 45% Sauvignon Blanc, and 5% Sauvignon Gris. And delicious, by the way. It is delicious with uh, oysters, all fish, and cheese also. We had it last night with caviar. Oh, really? Very nice. (laughs) And then next, the next wine? We have two in our range, two red wines. The first one, which I will call the regular, is made with four varietals I talked to. And another smaller part of our uh, vineyard is dedicated to a special cuvee called Cuvée Gallus. Why Cuvée Gallus? Because Gallus means roaster in Latin. I see. Okay. And this wine is aged for 12 months in French rock barrels. And it's a, I would say, superb wine. And I yeah. would say so too. <laughs> I had all the wines last night. They were just absolutely delicious. You are really to be congratulated. This is a wonderful place. And Thank you, David. Making wonderful wines. It's Chateau La France. And you can find Chateau La France on the uh, internet. Chateau, La, L-A, France, chateaulafrance.com, right? Exactly. You can find us also on Facebook, and you can find our wines in the USA through our importer, Eagle Estates Imports, based in uh, Clearwater near Tampa, Florida. And and, and your wines make it to places like uh, Trader Joe's, I think, right? Chateau de Seguin does. Oh, Chateau de Seguin. Chateau de Seguin, the other estates. All right, very good. Well, listen, thank you ever so much for being with me today and, and for being our host for the past couple of days. It's really been wonderful. The wines are wonderful. Congratulations. And I just want to encourage anybody out there, if you're coming to Bordeaux, this is one of the places you definitely want to come and stay. Thank you. Thank you very much, David. It was a pleasure welcoming you, and it would be a pleasure to welcome everybody here. Okay. Well, thank you very much. We will be back with more Grape Encounters from Bordeaux, France, in just a minute. So stay with us. And frankly, I wish you were with us. For nearly four years, I've taken many opportunities to tell you about the place that Grape Encounters Radio calls home, Atascadero, located right in the heart of the spectacular California Central Coast wine country, which offers a lot more to see and do than simply enjoying the world-class wines we produce here. Atascadero is a town where people are remarkably friendly, food and accommodation prices are far lower than in other wine countries, and every activity imaginable can be found just minutes away in any direction, including world-class wineries, ocean sports, and breathtaking beaches, cycling, equestrian activities, sightseeing, hiking, hot springs, farm-to-table cuisine, cider houses, concert venues, shopping, and so much more. I've had countless visits from around the country by listeners at the Grape Encounters Emporium Wine Bar in Atascadero's historic colony district. I hope you'll be next. For more information, log on to visitatascadero.com. Hi, it's David Wilson. And if you're a frequent listener, you know that I constantly tell you the importance of aerating most wines. If you don't, you're simply not tasting your wine in all of its glory. Well, there's a remarkable new wine aeration product out that's beautiful, mesmerizing, and destined to revolutionize conventional decanting. It's the V-Spin, a gorgeous decanter that sits on a simple stand. 
But inside that stand is some very innovative magnetic technology, which enables the wine in the decanter to swirl silently, creating a vortex that exposes the wine to the perfect amount of air in just a few minutes, accomplishing what otherwise could take hours. And you can adjust the speed and time to perfectly suit the wine varietal. I've put the V-Spin through rigorous testing, and the results were consistently stunning. And you can now buy it on Amazon. Learn more at vspin.us. That's V as in vino, spin.us. Like a bottle of red wine, I'll warm you up. Like a bottle of wine, I'll make you feel so fine. If you'll be mine. Can count on me when times get rough. All night and day, I'll be your cabernet if you will stay. Did you know that you can visit us in person right in the heart of the Central Coast wine country of California? We can get you a special rate at one of our loveliest hotels, introduce you to some epic wines in person. Help you chart out amazing self-guided winery tours and tell you stories that we're not allowed to share on the radio. Okay, that last one was a stretch. Here's David. Together we can grow like a deep if you don't go. And we are back with Grape Encounters Radio, our whirlwind tour of Bordeaux. Man, are we having some fun. I have had the most amazing meals on this trip, the most amazing wines on this trip, and I've met the most amazing people, especially a lot of very young people who are working in the wine industry here in Bordeaux, where you expect it to be dominated by old stodgy people who are driving around in Bentleys, or I should say perhaps Maseratis. But not so. There is a whole young generation that is keeping the wine industry very much alive in Bordeaux. And one such person is my next special guest. It's Sophie Blot. And Sophie is the uh, sales manager at one of the most beautiful chateaux you have ever seen. It is Chateau Leroy Beauval. And welcome, Sophie. Thank you. Hello. It's so nice to have you on. You too. I'm so glad you, you're here in the chateau. I'm so glad to have you here. You knew we were coming, right? And you guys really put together quite a show for us. It's been really exciting. Let me just kind of bring everybody up to date. First of all, the chateau, it goes back to what year? When was the original chateau built? Let's go back in history. Oh, so it was like uh, a Moyen-Age, so like the 30th century? The 13th century. 13th century. Yeah. Yes. That's a long time ago. Yeah, You were not born then, right? No, not really. No, okay. (laughs) And then your company took it over, and that was just very recently, right? In 2012. So, yeah, very recently. So, just about five years ago. Five years ago, yes. And they turned it into something really spectacular. Do you have any idea what kind of condition it was in before they took it over? Was it? Yeah, we have a few pictures, so we can see it's. Uh, it was old. It was uh, still there. Still, this uh, beautiful chateau, the Chartreuse. Yes. Uh, this is from the 18th century. So a- it, it 18th was century. There, yeah. Yes, it was there before, but then the. It was really. It was a farm. Now it's. Uh, we have nice buildings. They did uh, nice offices and. We have a garden, like a French a jardin à la française, kind of. Thing. So it's nice, as nice as any of the the beautiful chateaux in Bordeaux. Really, it's really exquisite. 
and uh, they restored it like new, except it's very modern in some ways, correct? It is, it is actually. They kept the uh, old things of the chateau, but they also brought, they brought something new. Like, brought, brought, right? it, brought it up to date. Yes, exactly. Now, how in the, I'm not going to ask you how old you are, but you're young. Yes, well, not, <laughs> not as young as, as you think, uh, maybe. I, I, well, you don't know how young <laughs> I think you are. But how did you get this position to be the sales manager at this, you know, wonderful property? I would think that the, the competition, especially from people who have been in the industry for, you know, decades, has to be very, very stiff, tough competition. Well, thank you. But I think it's a, this is a position for young people. Is it? You need to, to be... Um, Energetic. Yes. Very That's energetic. the word you're looking yes, for, right? Exactly. Very energetic. And are you energetic? I think I am. Yeah, I think I am. You were, you were telling me off the microphone before we went on the air that you used to work in Chicago, right? Yes, actually. Yes. So I have like five or six years of experience in wine business. And I spent two years in Chicago selling wine, French wine, Burgundian wines. How did that go? That was great. That was a great experience. So, yes. so let's talk about that for a second, because there was a time, and I think that time still exists to a large degree, where Americans did not really understand French wines. Do you think that they are beginning to get it more and more? And is it the younger generation that is more receptive, more open-minded where French wines are concerned? Well, from what I remember, I think it's everyone. Like, as soon as you explain them, they are listening to you, and then they, they really want to understand yes. and taste the wine and then improve their knowledge about wine. So they're, they're curious. Yeah, they're very curious. Yes. But again, I guess I wonder, is, is the curiosity coming from mostly a younger generation? Are they more uh, inclined to be curious, or is it somebody a little older your parents' generation, let's say, are they inclined to be more curious? You mean in France or in the U.S.? In the U.S. In the U.S. Well, I think there's two things. In the U.S., of course, the young people are very interested in, into wines and they really want to improve their knowledge about wine. But then also, I don't like to, to say that, but sometimes when you are older, you get older, you have more money and you can spend more money for wine. Yeah. So I think people, like when you are um, uh, older... You can spend more money with wine, so you also improve your knowledge about wine and your curiosity as well. So, but I think if you're older, I'm guessing then, you could go into a really fine wine store and yeah. say, I want something French, and I want something that's really good, and I don't really care <laughs> how much it costs, you know, hook me up. And then they get a great bottle of wine. A younger person who might only have $20 to spend, not $200 or $500, is going to have to be very fussy in particular, right? But the thing is, you, you can also have very good wines for $20, and that is, that's, that's the, the whole point of our trip. That's the point, exactly. That's the whole point of the trip. Yeah, I'm here on a mission with, uh, I say a mission, but it's been fun. I'm, I'm traveling with just four other American journalists, and we're having a wonderful time you know, really talking especially about the smaller chateaus, the lesser-priced wines, the Bordeaux Superior especially, that is a type of wine that is superior in quality, but that does not reflect the cost of the wine, right? They're going yes. to be very reasonable when you see that designation. Yes, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me what the greatest challenge is here for you working 
here at this chateau. What is the hard job that you have ahead? So I am the sales manager, so the hardest job is to explain and be 100% sure that people understand the appellation. Because we are, as we are Bordeaux Supérieur, Bordeaux and Bordeaux Supérieur, uh, it's not the most famous, of course, the most famous uh, appellation in Bordeaux. So we have to fight against the other appellation, and also we have to fight against the unfortunately, against the other producers in Bordeaux Superior. Okay, so explain that to my listeners for a second, because if somebody is thinking about French wine and they hear Bordeaux, and they have a bit of knowledge about wine, then they probably understand that Bordeaux also means certain varietals, right? Cabernet, Merlot, Malbec... Cabernet Franc, Sauvignon Blanc, those things, right? Yes. And we refer to wines in the United States by the varietal. The grapes, yes. And you refer to wines by... Appellations. Exactly. And I know there have been times where I've said to somebody, would you like a nice glass of Bordeaux? And they'll say something like, no, I think I'd rather have some Cabernet Sauvignon. Right? Yeah, you <laughs> just, agree. And you just have to laugh and smile. Yes. Is, it, is, the, is that not maybe the first thing that we've got to fix? Is to try the, to help that person understand that when we say Bordeaux, we might be talking about Merlot. We might be talking about Cabernet Sauvignon. That was the same thing in Burgundy. When I was working in Burgundy, for Burgundy in Chicago. Yes. I, same thing with Pinot Noir. So would you like a glass of Burgundy? No, but I would love Pinot But I would, I would love like Pinot some Noir. Pinot. Yeah. All right, so be honest with me. The competition between Burgundy and Rhone and, of course, Bordeaux. Like, what do you feel about a Pinot Noir for a second? You can say it. Do you love it, or do you think Bordeaux has it all over Burgundy's, right? Yeah, honestly, I, I love Burgundy wines, so, yeah. And you weren't I, supposed to say that. Well, I, love, <laughs> I thought you were I, my friend. <laughs> no. Go ahead. No, no, I love Bordeaux, uh, of course, but um, I'm a wine lover, so I don't... You're a wine lover, yeah, okay. Yeah, so I won't love only Bordeaux wine. I will like wines from everywhere, and I'm French, but I don't like only wines from France. I also like wines from the U.S., and also in Italy, for for example, or Spain. Okay, so if I could pour you... Yes. ...any type of wine, okay, varietal, from any place... Okay, so varietal and place. But it's not going to be a French Bordeaux. What would you like me to pour you? Um, Don't want you to answer me just yet because we've got to take a break for a couple of minutes. So hold that thought. My special guest is Sophie Blot, the sales manager at Chateau Leroy Beauval. Why don't you tell everybody that we're going to take a break for commercials? We're going to take a break and we'll be back in just a few minutes with more Grape Encounter from Bordeaux, France. Perfect. Remember, as much as you may love wine, it is not the answer to your problems. Unless the problem is you're out of wine. Your Grape Encounter with David Wilson will continue right after these important messages. You don't have a problem with that, do you? For nearly four years, I've taken many opportunities to tell you about the place that Grape Encounters Radio calls home, Atascadero, located right in the heart of the spectacular California Central Coast wine country, which offers a lot more to see and do than simply enjoying the world-class wines we produce here. 
Atascadero is a town where people are remarkably friendly, food and accommodation prices are far lower than in other wine countries, and every activity imaginable can be found just minutes away in any direction, including world-class wineries, ocean sports, and breathtaking beaches, cycling, equestrian activities, sightseeing, hiking, hot springs, farm-to-table cuisine, cider houses, concert venues, shopping, and so much more. I've had countless visits from around the country by listeners at the Grape Encounters Emporium Wine Bar in Atascadero's historic colony district. I hope you'll be next. For more information, log on to visitatascadero.com. I want to tell you about one of my absolute favorite treats in the world. I take a piece of triple cream brie cheese, put a few very special 100% organic heirloom walnuts on top, and then drizzle a little honey on it to make this a purely irresistible morsel of deliciousness. Then I pour myself a small serving of decadent port-style wine to create the perfect complement. That's just one example of how I pamper myself with products from MM Organics in Paso Robles, California. Now, you're on your own with the honey and brie, but the walnuts and port-style dessert wine can be ordered online at mmorganics.com. They've also got lots of other delicious walnut products available, including their peerless sprouted walnuts and lots of decadent flavors, organic gluten-free walnut flour, raw organic walnut butter, estate organic walnut oil, and fair trade dark chocolate covered walnuts. MM Organics products are among the best in the world. Get your ship right away at mmorganics.com. This segment of Grape Encounters is presented by the incomparable wines of Cardella Winery, a favorite of everyone here at Grape Encounters. Purely delicious, purely amazing. Learn more at cardellawinery.com. It's you and me, Mr. Merlot. I've got a glass in seven hours to go. And we are back with Grape Encounters Radio, coming to you from Bordeaux, France. More specifically, Chateau Leroy Baval. And my special guest, sales manager Sophie Blot. Before we went to break, I was asking Sophie what wine she would drink if she could drink anything in the world. And I'm paying for it, okay? So you don't have to worry about the price. Let's not worry about brand, okay? The name, okay? Let's worry only about varietal. What does a young woman who's in the wine business in Bordeaux want to drink if she can't drink her own local wines? Um, I would say a white varietal. I would say maybe a Sauvignon Blanc. A Sauvignon Blanc? Okay, but from where? From Sancerre. From Sancerre? Yes. Okay, great. Yeah. Okay, or that's a Chardonnay a, from Burgundy. A Chardonnay from Burgundy? Yes. Okay, delicious, right? Delicious. Yeah, like in Meursault or uh, maybe in, um, yeah, in like a Puligny Morachet, for instance. Okay. It, it's so funny how Chardonnays and Pinot Noirs are relatives, but yet I like Chardonnay so much better than Pinot. And the reason for that, so you understand the joke, because there is a little yeah, bit right, of what right. It's this, that in California, where I come from, we got so crazy about making Pinot Noir, that there was a lot of really bad Pinot Noir that has been made and is still being made, and so I don't trust Pinot as much anymore. But I know if I go to Burgundy that the Pinot is going to be delicious because they're much more careful than I think we often are. So anyway, that's the only reason for that. Okay, so what ultimately would you like to do in this job as general manager? What's the plan? What's your big idea? 
So first is develop the, the brand, like the name of Chateau Le Roi Beauval. So we need to be getting to be famous or well-known. Yes. At the moment, as we are very young, we're not very well-known. People don't really know, know us. So that's the big thing. We, we need to, be, to have um, a communication. And you, and you have a very interesting extension to your business that I think we really should mention because I'm not aware of any other wine business that does what you do here and that has to do with caviar. Yeah, actually... Talk about that. That's the funny thing, actually. So, the owners, it's a, a brother and a sister. It's Alexandre and Stéphanie Leroy. They come from the north of France. And they, they actually previously... They are the, the, the owner of um, a company of caviar. It's Caviar Sturia. It's the best... Um, the first uh, company of caviar in France and the third producer in, in, in the world. Wow. And by the way, this is, and this is really the truth. I'm not just saying oh, yeah, this. True. I am not a big caviar lover. And I was really kind of cringing about having caviar today because it's not something that I've liked. I enjoyed every drop of it. It was so delicious. Oh my gosh. It was I'm so glad good. I liked it. That's great. And, and then the chef sprinkled it over some lobster ceviche. Yes. Oh, was, how good was that? Yeah, Johan Peñola is our chef, is, uh, is very talented, yes. Did, did you just go crazy over that? Have you had that before here? Uh, no, first time. Oh, that was yeah. so good, wasn't it? Yes. Are you a lobster lover? I do, I am, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was delicious. That was so great. Well, it, you know, it's, it's really nice to have had you on. I really wish you well, first of all, but I'm really glad that we're getting the opportunity to come here and really spend some time with you in Bordeaux because I think that the reason that, well, I don't think, because the reason that I came here was because the people that I know who know Bordeaux or who are from Bordeaux really like to stress the point that Bordeaux is not a place that is just nothing but rich people who are stuffy and who have money to burn and who only drink the most expensive wines in the world, which, by the way, the most expensive wines in the world do come from here. Sure. There's no doubt about that, right? But, but you can get just as outstanding wines for just a fraction of the cost of those wines. And it's amazing, isn't it, that you can drive through Bordeaux and you can be at one winery that might be right next door to another winery that's much, much, much more expensive, but the, the less expensive one is run by, you know, uh, farmers, basically, who humble, hardworking, kind people. Yes, true. So how do we get people to know that? That's, I guess, your job. Yes, that's my job. My job is to defend... Chateau de Roi Beauval, but also the appellation of Bordeaux and Bordeaux Supérieur. So as we say the name one more time, if people wanted to go online and look it up, let's just spell it so that people can find it. So it's Chateau Le Roi, L-E-R-O-Y. So we would say Leroy or Leroy, L-E-R-O-Y. You say Le Roi. Yes, and then Beauval, B-E-A-U-V-A-L. B-E-A-U-V-A-L. Yes. So, Chateau Le Roi Beauval. Okay. Dot com. Dot com, yes. Simple yes. as that. Yeah, simple as that. And maybe yeah. they'll find... And there's, a, um, there's an English version, so you can, you can read it easily. Okay, well, <laughs> you just hit the, hit the little English button. Well, I'm so glad you spent time with me today. Thank oh, you so pleasure. much. How was your first time on the radio? I'm so glad, yeah, thank Not you. Not so bad, right? No, well... You thinking about maybe getting into radio now? 
Yes. Okay. You want to come on sometime again? Do you want to be my Bordeaux correspondent? I would love to. My yes. official correspondent that I can call on Bordeaux whenever there's a story to report, like Let's you know the terrible that. frost that you had earlier this year or something like that. Yes. You could have been our what we call cub reporter. Sure. Okay. Done deal. Done. Gosh, I tell you, I really hate to say goodbye to all of our guests that we've had on the past couple of weeks, including my guest today, Sophie Blot from Chateau Leroy Beval. But I promise you this, we'll have more to share from Bordeaux in future weeks. But I really hope you won't wait until then to do a little exploring on your own and learn more about the many faces of Bordeaux. Over the past several days, I've had the opportunity to visit with all kinds of wonderful people in this remarkable region. These were not uber-rich stuffy chateau owners. These were everyday people doing simply remarkable things, just as their families have for hundreds of years. They never missed an opportunity to welcome us into their homes, prepare us a meal, and share stories about their heritage and their methods of making wine. We had the opportunity to sample freshly pressed juice that is still fermenting in the tank. We roamed vineyards that have been producing some of the world's greatest wines for centuries. But most of all, we got to see once again, firsthand, how wine unites people from different countries and cultures. One of the most important things I want you to remember is that you can afford great Bordeaux wines. The Bordeaux Superior wines that we discovered are rarely very expensive, and you need only look for the title Bordeaux Superior on the bottle. It's your assurance that you're holding a wine in your hand that has met stringent quality standards. It's tested, tried and true, and waiting for you to enjoy that's going to do it for Grape Encounters this week. I'm David Wilson. Got to catch a plane back to the States and get back into the studio so we can bring you your next edition of Grape Encounters Radio. Au revoir.